Welcome to Tamarindo Podcast. Hosted by me, Brenda Gonzalez, a political nerd and nonprofit capacity builder. And me, Ana Sheila Victorino, a queer well-being enthusiast and mindset coach. We are a Latinx empowerment podcast discussing politics, culture, and how to keep your calma with well-being practices and self-love. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, y'all. What's up, Brenda? ¿Cómo estás? Hi, Tamarindo Podcast listeners. I am here to give you all some housekeeping. We've got some announcements. So first, we're going to let you know that you should save the date October 6th for an in-person live Tamarindo Podcast in Highland Park. So if you are in the Highland Park area, save that date October 6th in the evening. All the details are being fleshed out, but we wanted to get in your calendars early. And we also want to invite you to check out The Pop Hop, a multi-use community arts and education space in Highland Park. The Pop Hop is building a creative ecosystem that amplifies marginalized voices, supports community growth, and empowers collective good works to build a healthier, more equitable neighborhood, which is pretty much what we believe in. So we're really, really happy to partner with the Pop Hub for this event that's happening October 6th. Details are coming soon, so save the date. I've got more announcements though, Anishela. You ready? I'm ready for it. All right. Another announcement. We want you to save the date October 11th. We are doing a podcast workshop. If you've been a longtime listener, you know that every Hispanic Heritage Month, we invite more Latinx voices into the podcast space, and we make that easy to do by giving you all the tools necessary necessary to get started. So we have a workshop. This is a virtual Zoom workshop happening at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And the price is pay what you can because we want to make sure that everyone can afford to come to this workshop. So save that date, October 11th, and you can go to tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events and you can register there. And lastly, if you are in the Highland Park, Lincoln Heights area around where I live, I'm going to be starting my workout series once again. They start October 11th and it's Tuesday and Thursdays at 7 a.m. All of that again will be at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash Events, actually, the workout class will be tamarindo.com forward slash workouts. All right. So make sure you go to our website. So I'm all done with housekeeping. Ana Sheila, how are you? What's going on with me? Okay, so the really exciting news is that my right hand touched J-Lo's lower back. So you and, you and never, Ben Affleck. You so and ben I Affleck. might never wash my hand again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, basically the company that I work at participated in an event for 400 Latina entrepreneurs in honor of Latinx Hispanic Heritage Month. And before I get back to J-Lo. I want to say that it was really powerful to be at this event. It was really powerful to be among so many uh, women entrepreneurs, Latina entrepreneurs. Uh, the work that I do for my company, we work with, we work in support of black and brown small businesses, but we never, I never get to see them. I never yeah, get to do, virtual. it's all virtual. So and the same, and also the, the same thing with, with our work, right? right? Like we do this and we don't get to see y'all. And so, which is why it's really exciting that we have this event in the works on October 6th, where we get to see people, we get to connect with our community and see the community that we are a part of, the communities that, that we serve in person. So it was really powerful to me to be in this community. But coming back to JLo, so I got to meet her for five seconds because my company was a sponsor. So we got to take a quick picture with her. And, and I want to say, Mira, I know that there's a lot of valid critiques about, um, you know, JLo and how she and roles she's picked or how she's used her platform at different times. Or but, not used it. Or not, or, or exactly, or not, <laughs> or not used it. it. Yes, yeah, so totally valid. But it was, I, I have to say, it was still an exciting moment for me and I'll, and I'll share why. The first thing is J-Lo is how I realized I was first 
queer. That's so she right. was my first, yes. which I've mentioned before, but she was my first little crush. I remember seeing her videos and being like, mm, what is this feeling that I'm feeling? So it was cool to see my first crush and touch her lower back. <laughs> it sounds creepy. <laughs> during but anyway. the picture is what I'm assuming. The, yes, yes, during the picture. I <laughs> touched, just like, I know, let me, let me, let me, let me, clarify. let me chase I'm, I'm just trying to back. be like, you know, cheeky or whatever, but I touched her lower back for five seconds when we took a picture because I was it, standing it. right next to her. <laughs> but, um, but also, I, I do find what she's been able to do with her career really inspiring. Of course, um, you can't deny that. And where, where she came from. And one of the things that I really think about that inspires me about what she's done is, is just her belief in herself. Like she had to have an unwavering belief that she could do what she dreamed of, despite all the external voices, despite just, yeah, everything, every, people telling her that, that she wasn't meant to, to, to do the things that she wanted to do. And I think that when I think back to when I was a little girl, I remember telling myself, oh, big dreams are not for me. And, and I don't know if you remember, Brenda, what it was like, what, what you were like when, when you were little or when you thought about. But I just remember telling myself, like having big dreams, I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a, a professional basketball player and just thinking, oh, like that's cute. But like, that's not for people like me. So I remember I got this message from somewhere, from someone and so it stays a bunch it of stays, somewheres and a bunch of right, someone. Right, right. And yes. I don't know if you remember when you were a little kid, like what that was like, if you remember getting those those messages. Well, definitely. I mean, body image messages. I mean, of course, I'm a human. I'm a human woman in this on this planet. So I 100 percent receive those messages. So, yes, definitely. I can see how there was some inspiration in seeing Miss J-Lo live and in the flesh and everything that she's been able to accomplish. Yeah. And I think for me, it just comes back. And, and this is one thing I I, I want to stress on the show is like, I, I just want us to really big, like go after the things we really want and, and co connect with ourselves and do all those things so that we can dream bigger than we're dreaming. And so speaking of belief, today we're speaking to someone who in two years has brought a beautiful vision to life. We're speaking to Kat Novoa, who is the founder of Waves of Wellness. She initially started her journey as a domestic violence advocate, and that work eventually led her to open the only women and femme-centered wellness gym in Compton, California last year. So I'm excited for y'all to hear this conversation. So let's get to it. Yes. Can't wait to hear about this and other people that really believed in their vision and so, saw it come through. Thank you, Anna Shayla. Hi, listeners. Today, we're excited to share an emotional and uplifting episode from a new podcast we think you'll love. Quien Are We is a podcast from Colorado Public Radio. It's a series hosted by journalist May Ortega, featuring intimate stories centered on Latinos from all walks of life. They've done episodes about an amateur chef on a mission to recreate the green chile recipe from his grandmother, never putting it in writing, a brewer who's connecting to his heritage by recreating the ancient drinks of his ancestors, and a woman who set out to make a documentary film about the complexities of Latino identity, even though she'd never made a movie. It's a show about the moments big and small that help shape us. You can follow Quien Are We on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, I'm happy to be in Vivo y Directo con Kat Novoa. 
a proud queer LA born and raised Mexicana daughter of immigrants and the founder of Babes of Wellness, the first all women's wellness gym in South LA. Que hermoso to be actually in person with you, Kat. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here, to be having this conversation with you and what's going to come about it. So thank yeah. you for thinking of me. Of course. I've been wanting to do this for a long time and it's really, really special to actually be doing. We're actually doing this live in the Babes of Wellness space. So that feels really special because when I first met you, you at the time were doing personal training and you were starting to build out an online program for Babes of Wellness. Oh that was God, it. Yeah. That was it, right? <laughs> and so today you have a physical gym, which anywhere in the LA area is an incredible feat. Like the fact that you have a brick and mortar physical physical gym in LA. Oh, that's a mouthful. Is and 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 in your community is so beautiful and inspiring and proud for me, especially knowing like where you've come from and some of the sh journeys that we've shared together and, and building out things that we've imagined for ourselves. So tell me a little bit about the space. Why did you open it and what does it mean to you? Wow. Okay. I'm gonna try to keep this short because it's a mouthful. So yeah, that's I, I started off, as you know, I think I even did like a personal training assessment. You with did. You we at met the at the park. park. We met yeah. at the park, y'all. So I, <laughs> I think it was like Ladera Heights or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And I'll, I'll circle back to this story because it's really, really important about like it, it connects to what we're going to talk about later. But um, I started off as a mobile trainer driving everywhere to and from L.A. And that, I mean, L.A. traffic, just thinking about that, I was spending so much gas and so much of my time simply driving, carrying around my weights, my dumbbells, my kettlebells and my grandma's like Mercado Carrito that I would take. And it, and eventually ended up breaking down on me because, you know, the weights are really heavy. So uh, that happened. And, you know, then the pandemic hit right? Shut down. And I took my business like most people did online. And so I started doing these self-love challenges. And I saw that there was a lot of like trend around like yoga studios and, and online classes and Zoom classes. But I wanted to really tailor it to a more like special approach to make it like a sacred session. And so that's why I called them self-love challenges because I wanted, I wanted to provide a service where my community could really dive in deep with not only their physical bodies, because, you know, the pandemic highlighted all the issues that our community suffers with like sicknesses and diseases. And we were, you know, the most immunocompromised, the most at risk. We were, we had higher death rates among other people, other populations. And so it was a really, really difficult time for a lot of people. And so incorporating the spirituality, the mental health into all of it was top notch for me. That was like top of the line for me. And it did really, really well. Like I had people from Puerto Rico signing on people from like Dubai. It was just crazy how much people were drawn to it. And then I lost my dad to COVID in December and like all hell broke loose. Right. I said, F this, I don't want to do this. I felt so alone, but it was really the community that I had built that showed up for me more than like friends that I thought were my friends. So I was just floored, like just so overwhelmed with so much love, even though I was grieving and in so much pain. So come 2021, I decided I was saving up money and I said, you know, I think I, I kind of want to move out. It's time for me to move out. I was renting. But then I said, oh, wait, if I move out, then I have to move my clients from my 
garage studio to elsewhere. And at the time, gyms were still closed. So I said, I don't know what, what am I going to do? What if I just look for a space, a gym space? And eventually the gym, hopefully I'm still hoping it'll be able to help me purchase a home, right? Be a first time home buyer. So I started looking at spaces. I wanted to keep it in Compton because again, Compton has often been neglected. It's like if you see the representation and the way it's represented in the media and has been, it's always violence. It's always abuse, drug gangs, like just all, all these things. Right. And I said, you know, there's people, they're, they're humans before they're all these things, all these labels that society mm-hmm. has placed on them and they deserve access to wellness. And when I started reading up on the statistics and and knowing that my dad was someone that was affected by COVID over 60% of the population in Compton suffers from diabetes or heart related diseases. That's huge. But you see like a McDonald's, a Popeye's in every corner, but you see zero gyms, zero access to, to wellness and healthcare. And then we wonder why we're the most endangered. Right. And so I said, I, I, like, I can't go anywhere else. This has to be the space. Like our people deserve this. They're so deserving of wellness. They're so deserving of having a sacred space with people that look like them, that have the same story, similar story, similar background, similar upbringings, right? Because I think it's, it's different. The way your message is translated and received is completely different than if it's, you know, someone else from mm-hmm. the outside who has a lot of money. Um, and so that's, that's what brought me to, to here, to Compton. Yeah. And tell me, like, how do you want people to receive your space? Like, who who is this for? Who's this space for? So it is an all women's wellness gym. And I say wellness in front of gym because it's not just like an open, typical gym where you can just come in and work out. But it is a wellness sanctuary. That's the message that we share with people. Because when you think of the word sanctuary, if you break it down, it it's a place of safety, a safe haven, right? And after the pandemic, like that's what we long for most as humans is to feel safe, feel safe in our bodies because we have hurt our bodies. Society has hurt our bodies, our mindset around our bodies, our mindset around our mental health so much so that our Latino culture doesn't, is afraid sometimes within our own families to Mm -hmm. talk about our own struggles with mental health. So this is really a sanctuary to exercise not only our physical capabilities, but also our mental health to explore what it means like to be a spiritual person outside of like these religious pillars that we grew up with. Right. Yes. Um, I love the idea of wanting to create a sanctuary and I'm just thinking about how can we all and creating a safe space and how are we all creating that for each other and everything that, Mm. that we do, because sometimes folks don't have a safe space or sanctuary in, in places where you would think that would be right in their homes Mm -hmm. or in their churches, right? Because Mm -hmm. churches aren't definitely aren't always sanctuaries for folks, right? They're, they yes, can be so the fortunate. opposite of safe spaces sometimes. So I think I love that focus for you. And I guess kind of related, um, you recently came out as queer and you haven't been shy about making sure that people know that your space centers women and it's very queer inclusive, right? So yes. and it's, but it's crazy to say that even in 2022, it still requires courage to be out with your identity when you're in your space, especially when you have a physical space like this. So what has it been like? Have you experienced pushback from the community? Tell me a little bit about about that journey. Yeah, 
coming out journey. Oh my gosh. Okay. So to tie it back to when we first met yeah, or when I first did the assessment, I honestly, I don't think I've ever shared this with you, but I was so afraid of meeting with you because I knew you were queer. And that was like a mirror to my face of like who I knew I was. I was just like, I'm not ready for that yet. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> That's so crazy. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Though. And so when I met you, I just like, I felt it. I'm like, Oh my God, is this going to be me someday? Like I knew it and I wanted to, and I admired you for just being authentically yourself. But there was just, you know, I grew up with a very extremely religious background. And so there was so much fear surrounding coming out. And there were certain people that knew, um, and I was doing things on the, on the DL, you know, (laughs) I'm laughing over here. (laughs) (laughs) but I never felt free to be myself. And so my dad's passing is a big part of that because it just taught me life is too short. He was 59 years old, um, died very, very young, unfortunately. And I said, like, I am so deserving of love. I've tried to make it work with, with men and just, you know, I try to do it the right way. Like the whole, my goodness attached to my purity and toda la cosa. Right. But I I couldn't anymore. I said, like, I am so deserving of love. And my dad would want me to feel love because he was like my love pillar. He really kept me grounded. He was such a loving and giving man. And I told myself, I'm deserving of receiving that kind of love again. Right. In whatever shape or form or color, gender, whatever it looks like for me. And I said, I think I need to step in. So once he passed, I knew like, oh, shit, this is an awakening for me. Like, I am really going to have to be true to myself in order to service this community as well. And so when I came out, oh my God, it was so cute. Uh, my, my, I, I say like my core group of members surprised me one day after, after I taught a class on a Saturday, they brought me like these rainbow balloons, a rainbow cake. They celebrated me and they just welcomed me and accepted me. And most of them were like, cat, we already knew (laughs) (laughs) type of thing. So that felt really nice to be supported by the community. And since then, so many of the members here have felt safe enough to say like, Hey, me too, me too, me too. too." So it's been, it's been really beautiful to be able to witness that and see the evolution of my journey, but also the journey of other women who also identify as queer and other folks as well. And we actually just hired our first non-binary instructor, which is really cool. They have been such an incredible Uh, part of the team have felt have made so many others feel safe as well. So yeah, it's an all women's space, but it's definitely inclusive to the LGBT familia. Beautiful. I love that. There's so much that I loved about what you shared. Um, I think one thing is just remembering why when we're ready to be authentically Mm -hmm. ourselves, because sometimes it doesn't feel safe yet. Right. Mm -hmm. But remembering that we, we are truly ready to be that, to be that, because it's so important because mm-hmm. we don't know who we're inspiring in their own journey, wherever right. they are. And so it's just it's a good reminder of that, number one. And then the other thing about that you, you mentioned is really about thinking about how how when our loved ones pass, how they continue to inspire us, they continue mm-hmm. to live mm-hmm. inside of us. And, and it like your dad passing, you know, really pushed you to just be like 
love to just be freely who you are and to love how you are meant to love. Yeah. And that's and I know that we share that journey of of losing Mm -hmm. our our dad somewhat recently and what Mm -hmm. that's taught us and how we continue to honor our dads. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over here, I'm going to cry. <laughs> but, um, and we had the opportunity to co-host a collective um, grieving and, and, and healing event because mm-hmm. of that, because mm-hmm. of what our dads meant to us, because of how we wanted to honor them, because healing and, and having safe spaces for, for this is, a, is important. So um, why? tell me a little bit more about, about that and, and why it was important to, to host that event and, and what grieving has been like for you. Oh, and those are two big questions, but let's start with <laughs> the first one. Oh, wow. But, oh, okay. Yeah, well, why so, was that, imp- that Im- event Yeah, so important? the event was extremely important to me because it's something that on a collective level we have all experienced, whether it was like the loss of a friendship, loss of a job, loss of a loved one. I mean, so many so many vehicles, right, to loss. And, and we grieve all in different ways. And just being here in Compton and knowing that I have so many members that have lost someone very near and dear to their hearts, I like, of course, it's something that I want to provide. And it's also something that I'm still working through. Like it, the journey to grief never ends. And I think when we knowing that I have a space, I have an opportunity to serve my community and to serve it well. And that means like diving into like their actual lives, what they're actually dealing with at home, because grief will show up in your body. It does. It lives in your body. It lives with us. And so when you're trying to move, but you feel the heaviness of the grief on your shoulders or the tightness in your chest, because you're just in agony because of how much you miss that loved one, that's going to show up. And sometimes it won't let you move because it just wants to paralyze you. And so I think it was for me, uh, something very close to home, but also I wanted to give my community the space to say, Hey, we talk about grief here and the way Mm -hmm. I'm grieving is not the way you're going to grieve. And both are equally okay. Right. And to start talking about hey, maybe you're not someone that is grieving right now, but maybe if you are in the future, hey, this is also a space for you. Or this is how you can show up for someone that is grieving, right? And demystifying all of the toxic, like common things to say when people are grieving. I think it's important to also, it was like an educational thing, right? Because people also learn like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe I shouldn't say all things happen for a reason because that might really upset someone or maybe I shouldn't say, well, at least they're not suffering anymore because that does not make me feel better. You know, and and, and also I think it in doing that, it really helps us grow as a collective and in, it helps us empower one another when we truly need support. Like, hey, I'm grieving right now, so I just need you to hold space for me if you're able to. And that's it. And that's, that's that. There's no, like, I'm trying to fix you. I'm trying to heal you. I'm just walking with you through this journey. I'm willing to like bear arms with you side by side and and see you through this because I know you can do this. And so the loneliness aspect, the healing aspect, the educational aspect, I mean, there's so many things attached to why we did it. And I mean, the response has been incredible. So I'm so glad that we were able to do that. Yeah. And I, and I just want to thank you because I think having you in my life through, through, through my own grieving process was actually, was really helpful. Like I felt like I had an hermana 
that was going through it with me and that I felt like we were able to create something really beautiful from it too. And I think it was, it also strengthened our bond as, as, mm-hmm. as friends. And I'm looking at your beautiful tattoo that you shared with me is inspired by, by your dad as, as I'm thinking about other ways in which I can honor my connection with mm-hmm. my dad. Yes. So. Yes. Thank you. Um, okay. So we are in the middle of Latinx, Latine heritage month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you're Mexicana yesterday was Mexican. Uh, y- y'all, y'all will hear this a little bit later, but, um, we're recording this and yesterday was Mexican, Mexican independence day. So I was curious, how, how do you feel about this month here? And, and, and you can have all types of feelings, right? For real. <laughs> but, but also tell me what your heritage means to you. So for me, it means honoring my ancestors, like my roots before colonization <laughs> happened. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and the struggle and the victory and what they had to go through so that I can be here today doing the work that I am doing, even though there may be so much trauma, which I know there's so much trauma and there's so much history behind it. I am proud to be Mexican. I am proud to be daughter of Mexicans who struggled to get here, but they got here nonetheless and they struggled and to survive so that I can thrive in today's day and time and and not really forget about like who I am because I've been told I'm very white passing and I'm like, no, no, no. I'll start speaking in Spanish really quick to, to stop that because I don't, I, I am Mexican before I'm American. That's what I consider myself to be. And so this month is really special for me because in a lot of ways there's mixed emotions, right? But to show up proudly, to show up Again, going back to that message of showing up as my authentic self, you know, growing up even here in the hood. Oh, you're just Mexican. I I hated hearing that. So now I'm like, yes, we deserve to take up space. We deserve to take up space as a queer Mexican in the wellness space. I deserve to take up space as X, Y, and Z, all the hats that I wear as a proud Mexicana. And so to me, this month really means like, hey, I'm taking up space, not just from September 15th to October, but every single freaking day. But this is just a reminder and a collective celebration of who we are in our culture and the richness that there is in our culture. Gosh, there's so much beauty, so yes. much beauty. And, and I, I celebrate that. Yeah. I love that. And I just want to just quickly touch on, on, on the, the wellness, like being a queer and wellness, because one of the things sometimes I feel like we can do is as Latinx, Latinas, Mexicanas, wherever we're, we're from is that, we enter a space that has been, you know, predominantly run by white people, for example, like wellness, Mm -hmm, especially mm -hmm. in this country. Um, And sometimes we, we, if we're not careful, we end up running it the exact same way, Mm. you know, ends up still being like white cis Latinas that are, that are, that are, that are running these things. Right. And Mm. then we, if, if we're just doing it the same way, like there's no difference. So just Mm. being really conscious of like, if we're entering these spaces, how are we doing it differently? How are we leading thinking about brown people, indigenous people, queer Mm. people? How can we be queer centering and how we do things and not just do it? You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying without saying it. (laughs) So anyways, um, that's just something that I've been thinking a lot about. How can we, as we're creating spaces and experiences, how are, how do we start with who we're centering and not centering the same the same people all over again. Yeah, I think it's again it's it's celebrating people's identities, right? Creating the space for them and saying like not just this person is welcome or not just this shade of Latinos are welcomed here, this shade of or the way these queer people present themselves, right? Like more femme presenting, more whatever 
Um, I think even though those may be very subtle things, those are very apparent to us that don't feel seen and represented in other yes. spaces. And so I feel like I, I, I do both. I can be very femme, but I can be also very masked and there is no right or wrong. I feel like, the, like society has almost tried to force us for such a long time to look a certain way, to present ourselves as a certain way, even in very Latinx, Latin spaces. And in the wellness space, it's very rare to see, or at least I, I mean, please tell me if you guys know, because I don't know of, of many uh, queer Latinas taking up space. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, that don't sound like a white person, if I can't say that, or don't sound like, you know, other people, but are here. I speak Spanish. I talk about pupusas and tortillas and my references are always tied back to the culture. We play bad bunny, like every freaking day, all day, like just things that really resonate with our culture. And I think that is important. I love that. Okay, so now we are at the section of our show where we like to ask our rapid fire questions. So I'm going to ask you what you would like to give a matraca to today. So this is something that you're loving. You want to give a shout out to person, place, concept, thing, lo que tú quieras. Mm. Okay, I would say I was recently part of a cohort of entrepreneurs called Grid 110 and also Pledge LA. Freaking amazing, amazing program for all of my entrepreneurs out there. If you have not applied to be part of this program, I did receive a, a grant, which was amazing, has helped my business. And just the support, the mentorship, there was, it was very queer, inclusive, and they talked about everything start to finish with business, including like VC funding capital, because that again, is not something yeah. we have we generationally yes. have had Knowledge. access to. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they do have, I believe their next program rolling out. And so I encourage you, I encourage all of you to apply. It is such an incredible program. The mentorship that you receive, like the collaborations, the network of people, it's just there's there's nothing else like it. So amazing. Como se llama one more time? Grid 110. Grid 110. And we'll yeah. include this in the notes and, and link to it. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you for providing that resource. Because I know a lot of our listeners are we I mean, we we know our, our, our community. We're just we're 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 entrepreneurs at heart. Like it, right. you know, it's the okay. Well, what about la basura? What do you want to put in la basura? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, toxic positivity okay, in the wellness space. Yes. yes. Go in. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Toxic positivity in the wellness space. I've seen it time and time again. I hear it sometimes. Or you don't, you need to look like this or everything's going to be okay. Or did, I don't even know. I can't think of anything right now. Yeah. And I feel um, you. That's privileged talking, y'all. <laughs> That's privilege talking. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and sometimes it's like, just shut up and listen, bro. Just, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, toxic awesome. a la basura con toxic yes, positivity. Double basura. Um, <laughs> okay. And then lastly, um, what is giving you calma right now? What's what's something that's keeping you grounded? I mean, besides you hey. being here, um, I think having a good support system, community, again, tying it back to community. Even when I'm having a hard day, I am super transparent with my members and a lot of them have become my friends. And just knowing that I can be human before I'm a boss, before I'm an instructor, before I'm a business owner, knowing that I can be human with them just brings me a lot of peace. 
Yes. No, I, that's something I really admire and love about you is that I feel like you always, you you do keep it real. And I feel like I can keep it real with you también, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, this is, I can actually tell you, you know, people ask you, how are you? And and sometimes I hate that question. It's like, do you really want to know how I am? (laughs) Or like, are you, you know what I'm saying? But like, I feel like, hold space for me. Right. Are you really asking? Are you about to hold space for me right now in two minutes while you ask me that question? But I feel like with you, I feel like we, we, when we check in and we we ask, we actually ask ourselves that question. We might lead, we might end up having a meeting about something else but we're like hey i'm, I'm struggling today and like right. but then that's okay you know mm-hmm, so totally. i appreciate you always being human in everything that you do before before anything else thank you yeah thank you thank you so much yeah so is there any last um message or thing you do oh how where can people find you or anything else that you that you want to share before before we close yeah out? you can find us on instagram or our website it's just at babes of wellness or babesofwellness.com. You can check out our app. Our app, you can also search on your phone, Babes of Wellness app, and it'll populate on your on your app store. Um, check out our classes. We always have like specials or things going on. Um, but please support, like, share with your family and friends. It means the world to us. And you don't know how far a like or a share can go for a small business. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Ana Sheila, for having me. I appreciate you. Love you, amiga. Oh, thank you. Okay, abrazos. <laughs> abrazos. Okay, bye, bye, everyone. Oh my gosh, that was such an inspiring talk. It's so awesome to hear from Kat herself. I know I had the opportunity, thanks to you, Anna Shayla, to be in her beautiful space in Babes of Wellness. So to be able to hear her voice and her journey is just really inspirational. And uh, to close us out, of course, as we always do, Anna Shayla, what are your matracas, basuras, and calmas this week? So this week, I'm giving my matraca to El Apagón, Aquí Vive La Gente. It's a 22-minute music video and documentary by Bad Bunny and Puerto Rican reporter Bianca Graulau. And if y'all have not seen this yet, y'all need to get on it. Um, It speaks to the displacement of Puerto Ricans in Puerto Rico, modern colonization, outages, and the privatization of of resources. And it's a really powerful um, visual For those of you that are not as familiar with what's going on in Puerto Rico, I think it does a really great job of of painting that the snapshot of of what's going on there and really pushing us to learn more and and do more. And one line that really stood out by by a a Puerto Rican on the island, um, they said, Somos extranjeros en nuestra patria. La vida aquí no es igual para nosotros. So for those of you that don't speak Spanish, we are um, foreigners in our our own country. Life for us is, is not the same. For us here. And then follows up to say, pero también están los que crearon esas condiciones y los que tienen el poder de cambiarlos. So it's all, it goes back to who created these conditions and who has the power to create them or to change them rather. And I just thought those were really powerful lines that really reflect on what is happening, but also like remembering who has the power. Um, and this is something I think it's it's a reality that there's a lot of parallels that are felt in Mexico, for example, where Brenda and I are from, and there's a lot of Mexican beach towns and, and Mexico City and other popular Mexico destinations where um, we're feeling a lot of these things as well. And, and obviously Mexico is not the only country. So it was just a, a really powerful visual to to watch. I'm I'm grateful that, you know, Bad Bunny with the huge platform that he has is using it to to speak about this. So I really recommend folks watching it. I really recommend that we push to, to do more. So I'm excited to think about how I can be more involved in in what's going on in Puerto Rico, but as well as as, as Mexico and, and other countries. Yeah, as well. it's El Apagón, Aquí Vive Gente. Perfect. Awesome. Really excited. Going to add that on my to, to watch list. And would you like to continue with your basura? 
Yeah. So my basura is um, to stopping at just being grateful for things. And so I was recently a friend of mine who's undocumented, also from Mexico City, told me they were approved for advanced parole. They're going to get to come to Mexico City again for the first time in their in their lives. Um, and they were, you know, I was really excited for them. And I was like, oh, that's so awesome that you get this opportunity. And then I was like, but wait, this is also really fucked up that this is the first time that you're getting to to do this. So it's like, like not stopping at being grateful for this opportunity, but it's like, no. And, and yes, I think, and. Mm-hmm. so I think sometimes, and whether that's about representation, right? Not just being in the room, but because otherwise we, we can fall um, like victim to just like being so grateful that we just end up participating in the in the same systems that we're trying to change in the first place. So just remembering that we don't get caught up in the just being grateful to for this opportunity, just being grateful to be in the room. So la basura goes to just being grateful. Let's yes. ask for more than just. Okay, yes. getting it. And what about your calma, Ana Sheila? So my calma is I've started and and I've talked about this before, the power of words. So I've been working on instead of saying I didn't have time, saying I didn't make time. And the reason, and it's been really helpful for me because what it's done is it's put the power back in my hands. I ultimately have the power to do what I want with my time. And if I'm not feeling that way, is there something that I can do so I do have that power, right? So it's putting the power back in your hands. And and it's also, it's a way for you to reflect because if you say, I didn't make time for this, you get to think about why didn't you make time for this? Are you prioritizing the right things? So that's the reflection piece. And then the last piece I think it's also about responsibility. When you actually say I didn't make time, then you if, if you didn't come through for a friend because you didn't make time, then then you're owning you're owning that, right? As opposed to just I didn't have time. No, I didn't make time for you for this thing. And maybe that's an opportunity for you to acknowledge um responsibility or apologize. So I just think I, I've really enjoyed reframing how I how I talk about time. I so think that's, that's fantastic. And I, there's also a lot of takeaways there for folks that might be dating. If somebody, somebody didn't have time for you, it's because they didn't make time for you. So very important thing to call out. Love yeah. it. Yeah. What about you, Brenda? What's your matraca? All right. So my matraca, my matraca goes to teachers that stand up for their students. So our friend Adolfo Guzman Lopez reported a story of Tamarino superfan and journalism teacher Adriana Shavira, who was threatened with disciplinary suspension because she stood up for her journalism some students and their protected right to free speech. So let me give you the background. Okay. So the students reported that the school's librarian had refused to comply with the school's district's COVID vaccination requirements for staff. The librarian, who got called out rightfully so, did not like that her name was published in the paper. So the school's principal asked Adriana Chavira to censor the students or else she would face a suspension. Well, Adriana held her ground. She knew that her students' rights to, to First Amendment speech were protected. And luckily, in a district hearing, she was vindicated, right? She Her suspension was rescinded. So I just want to give a big, huge matraca to teachers, once again, that stand up for their students. And also, of course, to Adolfo for reporting this story. Matraca. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. What about your basura, Brenda? So by the time you're listening to this, you've all heard about the disgusting stunt of Florida Governor DeSantis to lure migrants from Venezuela who have legal claim to asylum into flying to liberal cities without warning to receive to the receiving destinations. That means that these destinations normally when when migrants are dropped off, this does happen all over the country. There are support groups. There are services. There are agencies that are there to receive them. Well, this governor decided to pull a stunt and just drop them off randomly somewhere without 
first of all, lying to these human beings and also not warning the folks that are there to support these migrants. So everybody had to just rush and support them. And that in and of itself is infuriating. It is inhumane, but it is also definitely on brand for white supremacists and racists like DeSantis and his buddy, Texas Governor Abbott, who are both basura. But there's more. I want to tell folks about something that I recently learned about. So during the civil rights movements, white supremacists in the South pulled similar stunts, luring unsuspecting black families, mostly women and their children, into the promise of jobs and opportunities up north. These were lies and busloads of black families were dropped off in in the north in these liberal cities. Uh, including the home of, uh, of Ted Kennedy, for example, with, which is precisely what the governors of today are trying to do. And it's exactly that, that same idea of like, let's put the liberals to the test. Like here, that is your problem. So that shit is not like what, what DeSantis did is not new. And I invite you all to read more about it. We have a link that tells you that whole story of the parallels here of what, what happened in the 60s and what is continuing to happen today. So basura, basura, basura to all of that. It's appalling. And I and I continue to not be surprised by the heights that some of these folks will go. It's the low hole, the lows, right? The lows, lows, lows. How low can you go? Freaking low, 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 low. So, <sighs> okay. to counter well, all that. Yes, tell, tell us what your, your calma is. Yes, let me tell you my calma. So this is a, yeah, take your notes out, folks, if you want to plan a romantic day with your partner. So one thing that I did recently was beautiful and I just want to recommend to everybody. So Jeff and I, my husband Jeff and I, we drove to Ventura, which is only about an hour and a half away from Los Angeles. We parked the car at the beach and then we took our bikes uh, up this beautiful path that you, you bike. It's 13 miles north. So it's a little bit uphill that you bike on this beautiful path and you could see um, hills and you could see trees and, and it part, a lot of it is shaded. It's a beautiful, beautiful path all the way to Ojai. And Ojai is very cute. Downtown Ojai, there's lots of restaurants, there's lots of breweries, there's lots of distilleries, beautiful destination to have your lunch or your brunch or lo que sea. And then we rode our bikes all the way down. And it was just a beautiful way to just appreciate how lucky we are here in California without really spending a whole lot of money. I mean, yes, the gas to get up there. But um, I know that uh, I'm sure some of you all have group chats with your friends planning amazing vacations. You're like, oh, maybe one day we'll get to do this weekend outing. We'll get to do that. Well, you know what? Just seize the moment and do it today. You don't even have to stay the night. There's so much to do here in beautiful Southern California. And you all should take advantage because I got a lot of calma out of that. That's so cute. That is the cutest date idea. I love it. Me encanta. Yes. I'm excited to 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 be back in LA and, and bike with Brenda and her husband if they let me. Yes, of course. Get it get you, you know, also to get you all, get everybody the, the it makes a world of difference to have a good bike. Cause the bike that I have is very lightweight. We bought it used, but we got it my Jeff, who's a freaking amazing human human being, who's uh, always been such a great supporter, but he, he had been biking for a while and I was like, well, that looks fun. And he looked around Craigslist, he got me a beautiful, beautiful bike, a used one. And it, he makes a huge difference. So part of the challenge is getting a really lightweight bike. It makes the world, it makes a world of difference. Okay, I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. Well, I, that is the end of our show. And I feel like we've given so much. Hopefully y'all are taking away something. You've got a uh, date idea. 
You've got, what else did we give them? You've got an event coming up. We've got something, a video to watch, some reading to do, all the, all the things. So we And getting to know Kat. So thank you all. Yes. Thank you for listening. And please, if you love this episode, don't forget to write us a review. It means so much. It literally charges us. We seriously often almost call it quits, but then we read a review and then we're like, okay, we're good for another six months. It's so true. give us that review. All right. Thank you all. We love you all. Bye. Bye. Besos, Con tu suerte. Tamarindo Podcast is Brenda Gonzalez and Ana Sheila Victorino. Our producers are Mitzi Hernandez and Augusto Martinez of Sonoro Media. Our theme song is by Jeff Ricards. If you want to support our work, please rate and review Tamarindo Podcast on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Get in touch with us at tamarindopodcast.com. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI FPEI 220099 With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.